Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence. It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. And his partner, Stevenson. For Mexico City to be community center, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name is Rob Florence and I am going to be flying solo, well not solo, duo, with the main man, producer John who will be helping me out as Grado is still away filming Two Doors Down. Hat Network sitcom, John. Yes, I'm not, Grado, I'm, Grado's not in my good books at the moment, Rab, I'll be honest with you. Um, right, I'm, we need to talk, John, because mm. we need, because there's drama happening in the wrestling <laughs> industry with Vince and all that kind of stuff, but there's also major drama happening in a podcast game. And yeah. I want, you know, as far as I'm concerned, John, you can fucking scrap the plan for this episode, right? Because as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> mate, what our punters want to know about is the drama, the controversy, football daft, wrestling daft, sister podcast, yeah. much more successful than wrestling daft, I have to say. A lot of football fans out there love that show. John... Something's happened. It's like the invasion, right? It's like the it's like the the, the invasion, the takeover, the NWO. It, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. So yeah, um, I was ready to shoot on Grado. I mean, I was ready to cut a promo on Grado. Um, football daft, uh, the boys, um, Grado, Shell Suit Bob, and Young Christopher Toll. Um, right, for anybody, for anybody that isn't aware, right? Football daft podcast. They're the host. It's been running for ages. Football yes. daft's been running for longer than this. Yeah, no, we're catching up on it actually, we're catching up, I think we're only about 10 episodes away from Football Daft now, but yes, they have had a, a, an offer elsewhere and they have decided to take up that offer, uh, unfortunately I'm not uh, part of the plans going forward, it's, I guess the best way in wrestling terms of summation is, you know me and Grado, we started Football Daft, we did you know, the first 30 episodes, then Ewan left, we brought in David Tanner, then we brought in Toll and um, Shell Suit Bob Stephen Purden, and it's a bit like bringing the outsiders. Hold on, he's brought yes. in the outsiders. In this scenario, remember Macho Man's getting battled in the ring by Nash and Hall, you know what I mean? And then I look up, and there's my, my savior Hogan. There he is, he's charging down. And in this case, my savior's the one and only Grado. And Grado. I thought, here he comes, and then yep. fucking hell, there he goes. There's Heenan going, he's maybe the third man. I didn't think so, didn't think so. And then there's the fucking Grado 
big leg drop on me. Disappointing. It's Vince, you know, as Vince says, it's business. It's the business we work on in Rab, you know what I mean? Heel turns happen. This is no, what happens. It's no show friends, mate, is it? It's exactly. It's, it's show, no show friends. And we've said that so many times in this show, absolutely. So many times. No. Here's what I want to know, right? Yes. Here's what I want to know. No, no, they've went away. No, do you see? Do you? Are you? As far as you're concerned, they're they're the heels in the situation. I would, you? I would go so far. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm putting myself over as a baby face here. I'm, I'm putting myself over as a baby face. But so you know, I, I've got to say, you know, I think they're, they're definitely. It's definitely heel turns. It's definitely heel turns. Right. So they've turned heel. Mm-hmm. They've went. They've left. However, who, who knew owns football daft? It's all up in the air. Who knows? But one thing is for certain, Robert. One thing is for certain. Wrestling daft will continue. You have my word. No, um, I no wrestling daft will uh, will continue. So mm. funners out there, don't need to worry about that. Yeah, I'm quite happy here under the daft banner. Right, John. Who are the new football daft presenters? Don't I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't. Who know. are they? I don't know. Are you bringing out the big guns? He's bringing out the big Ali, guns. Ali McCoyst and Fred McCauley. I'm reuniting McCoyst and McCauley on a podcast. How good tournament. would that be? McCoyst and McCauley. Fred's, Fred's a good guy. He's my pal, so I'll bring him out there. What about if me, Ali McCoyst and Fred McCauley present it? I think that's You know what I mean? Cool. And then we just go head-to-head against Grado Purdy and Chris Toll. In a wrestling scenario, what would that be like then? I'm trying to put that in scenario in there. That's that's more of the invasion. That's more of the kind of WCW and W, and then they're up against the fucking boys. You know, Macaulay, McCoyst, Florence. Wow, Aye. how good yeah. would that be? McCoyst, Macaulay, and Florence. How would that be? That's <laughs> staring down those three. I, I love it. Love it. Let's make it happen. The MMF, MMF versus the uh, GPC. Yeah, that's how it's all happening. We'll make right. it happen. So okay, so let's talk about. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's go and see what the punters have been saying. I'm sure the punters will just. Be I think. About I that. think we need before we get into the punters, Rab. I want your take on two the two big events happening at the weekend. There, Saturday SummerSlam, uh, first time that Triple H had the book, and then Ric Flair's final match happening there on Sunday. Did Where, you, you see? Want... I, did you see both? Did you see either? I saw both. Right. Uh, I saw both. However, I only watched. In the, the Ric Flair's last match one, I only watched Ric Flair's last yeah, match. Yeah, well, that's all anyone, anyone's interested in anyway. That was all I watched, uh, but I watched SummerSlam. Um, you want me to talk about the menu? Cause I yeah, was let's, let's, them in the let's be, there's over, plenty of correspondence in the Burry and Putover, but I, I think at the top of the show... I, I, let's just... Grado's away, let's just, let's just chat. No, I mean, let's just chat. Uh, well, SummerSlam, I enjoyed... I enjoyed SummerSlam very much. I thought uh, the Becky and Bianca Belair match was brilliant. Um, really enjoyed that. I think, they're, I think they're great together, they two. What do you make about the return, obviously, Triple H, straight back in there, Dakota Kai and Io uh, Shirai, or Iwo Sky, as she's been renamed? Well, you could see his influence right away there, couldn't you, with them coming in? Uh, so, it skulls out, eh? Aye, so that felt, that felt interesting, and I like the thought of Becky turning face again. I've enjoyed her in this. I've enjoyed her in this run, actually. I've liked it. Um, but I think a wee break and coming back as the man will be good. It's something to look forward to. Bailey's always great. So I think it that was a wee moment just to kind of say, look how strong like the woman's scene is here in this company. You know what I mean? It just felt plenty to look forward to there, I think, matches-wise. So that was a really strong start to the show. Uh, and then I just thought the show on the whole was, was great. Logan Paul was good again. I know, uh, and, Jesus. And Danny's thing, he's just, you know, he he can he can do it, can he? 
He can, can he? You know, it's like, I listened to, I don't know if you've heard, he, he did a podcast Triple H this week and I went and listened to him. He's a narcissistic bastard, but Jesus, is he, hmm. good, isn't he good in that ring? Isn't oh, he's the worst. He in, oh, he's the worst. He's but the worst. He's but, bloody but, good know, in that ring. But many, many wrestlers over the years have been the worst. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? True. And I've still enjoyed watching them do their thing, but maybe... You know, maybe he's found his thing now. He's a guy that's kind of bounced about doing loads of different stuff for, you know, basically for kind of shock factor and all that. You know what I mean? Maybe now he's found his, ah, I'll do this. You know what I mean? Mm. Which is quite nice to see. Definitely looks like he's taken to it. But also, like, just the Miz is good, isn't he, man? Ah, yeah, you know, when there's two... He's making them look good. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when when you, a guy's looking that good, it's the Miz. I mean, the Miz is just great. I mean... So underrated, and we're obviously going to talk about underrated wrestlers today, but The Miz has got to be up there. I think he's completely bypassed when you have conversations about good wrestlers, and especially his heel work's tremendous. I mean, we, we, you know, we will be we will be spoiling that list later on because, you know, there's certain names that automatically jump in your head. One of them certainly is fucking Baron Corbin for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I've been saying for ages on this podcast, for years on this podcast, how much I, I like Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he was great again at SummerSlam. And not only just, not only just great, not only just a dependable guy, but he also fucking helped big part out a lot. By the way, in that match, particularly with that top rope maneuver, yeah, oh, God, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And you know, and that's just a guy like that who he looks safe as houses in the ring. That boy, by the way, and he's so good. He's a great heel. His matches are all his matches are always good. I think as well. I always enjoy watching his matches. I just think he's just a that guy. See Corbin. He'll be there for as long as he fucking wants to be there, by the way, in the WWE. Aye. I feel like he's one of the guys, you know what I mean? He's like a Miz, I think, where he's just like a solid, dependable hand to have about. I thought he was great again. I really like him. I think he's hugely underrated. Yeah, definitely. Um, going into the, I mean, the, the tag match I thought was really good, but as well, um, I, I, mean, I was expecting a, a, one of them to turn, one of the Street Profits to turn, but that looks like that's going to happen soon. But uh, yeah, let's yeah. talk the main event, right? So we've seen Brock versus Reigns so so many times, right? And obviously his last man standing, it felt to me like an Attitude Era main event. I I, I loved it. I love I loved 100% it. Hundred percent felt like an Attitude Era main event. It was an amazing. It was an amazing match. I thought, and I, I was enjoying it even before all that shenanigans. To be honest, there was just I just had a good energy about it, and I think I think Lesnar in this character he's got the new. I'm I'm loving seeing him laughing and all that and having a good time. You know what I mean? I think he's he's really and he's always been good at that. You know he's done that before that thing. You know what I mean? Of of having a good time and I enjoy watching him in that mode. Uh, and just watching, you know, sometimes as well when you there's something that just feels right about the two guys in the main event. You watch this show and you see all these people wrestling throughout the show and you're enjoying it and it's a good show. But then it comes to the main event and then these two fucking guys walk out and you go, of course this is the main event when you see these guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the guys just, they just carry it. Big Roman is he's, is just fantastic. And the selling for Roman of that ring getting pulled up as well. You know what I mean? His selling really, he, he really sold it. You know what I mean? With that big roll out. You know what I mean? Uh, I just what a visual that was picking up that ring. It's just something you'd never, and you feel like you've seen everything kinda that can happen in a wrestling arena. You know what I mean? But seeing that felt that felt like something really fresh. Yeah, no, it was, it was brilliant. And then obviously SummerSlam, we all got buzzing. Then we move on to Sunday in Nashville, Ric Flair's final match at Starcade. 
What? 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 <laughs> it, it was. It was hard to watch. I thought hard, hard watch. It was hard. Listen, for me, it wasn't hard to watch, right? Because for me, this is what wrestling's all about. For me, right? See that spectacle that we watched, Ric Flair looking like he was black out in the ring and all that, and <laughs> could barely continue and wobbling about and just doing his wee doing his wee spots and his wee moments and you worried that he was going to die I was laughing at people saying I don't want to watch a match where you're worried that the guy's going to die right I went through fucking and as we all did John went through about two or three years of watching Mick Foley matches during the uh, Archid era where yeah. you were thinking this guy might die I remember watching I remember watching Foley stomping the boot on top of cages and all that and and you would say to yourself, oh, fucking come down, don't, you know what I mean? You were, you were, this is like what wrestling's all about. And also, it's that thing I was saying about, you know, I was saying before about people getting angry about Cody wrestling when he was injured and all that, and saying, oh, it sets a bad example and all that. Wrestling itself is, is a fucking bad example. Do you know what I mean? Wrestling should be a, a bad example and set a bad example. It shouldn't be about being dignified and oil. That's, that's not what fucking wrestling has ever been about. Wrestling's never been about dignity. It's not about that. It's fucking carny showmanship. It's like fucking carny ticket selling, controversial, fucking barbaric um, entertainment. You know what I mean? There's always been guys that are too old in wrestling rings wrestling. All through the fucking history of wrestling, you go back to the fucking world of sport days and you would watch guys walking about in that ring that were too fucking old to be in there and too unfit to be in there and shouldn't have been in there and you know, the walking wounded, the fucking, that notion of the walking wounded in the ring is something that's that's bred right into fucking wrestling, you know what I mean? So, I, I certainly don't think there was anything shameful or anything like that about, what, what we saw there was that Ric Flair is a guy you stick on a fucking marquee and he's going to sell tickets, you know what I mean? The guys like The Undertaker and Flair, it was, it was a surreal it was image, yeah, with Hart, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, and Undertaker all sitting beside each other watching it. It was, it was weird, wasn't it? I was laughing at the thought of a guy like an Ian Drew Dice Clay out there, right? Who is one of our, one of our listeners, and just like it, just you know, we always talk about him. Great guy to follow on Twitter, and knows he's wrestling more than more than anybody I know. And you know, I know he, <laughs> I know he's probably thinking this Ric Flair show is a disgrace, right? A shambles. Or whatever, Ric Flair shouldn't be doing this. And the, the conflict they must have felt seeing Bret, <laughs> Bret Hart front row centre <laughs> watching it. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing, though. It's like it kind of Ric Flair had his beautiful retirement match. That's that's still there, and that match for me hasn't been lessened any by the fact he continued wrestling and all that. I don't think that matters because you know that still works as a bit of entertainment in itself. It's still. Uh, highlights Shawn Michaels' talent and telling a story, uh, and and I, you know I'm fine with Rick. Rick Flair is Rick. Is he's fucking Rick Flair. We're talking about here. You know what I mean? There's no a guy who's ever carried his cell with a kind of dignified. You know, I will go out. You know, I will quietly go out, walk away, leave my boots in the ring. He's never seemed like that kind of guy. You know what I mean? So, was it a good match? No. Thought Jarrett was good in it. But how good did Jarrett look, by the way? Yeah, he did look great. I watched Jarrett walking in with, with Karen and stuff like that and just how good they both kind of looked and all of that. And I kind of thought, this guy could fucking... 
you know, he could have a couple of meaningful matches, couldn't he? He could yeah. have a WrestleMania or something. You know what I mean? I just kind of feel like he's still got... He's, and what a weekend he had at SummerSlam, refereeing, looking great in that ring as well, yeah. at SummerSlam as well. Looked like... You had a referee there that looked like he could probably make a, a reasonable fist of batter and all the, all the guys he was in the ring with at SummerSlam. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, and then the next night he's there and beautiful heel. And I love all that kind of heel stuff. Some people think it's over the top. They see that kind of stuff that Jeff Jarrett was doing in that match, like grabbing the drink after the guy and flinging the drink over him and stuff. Oh, I love that. Fucking love that stuff, man. Love that, love that. I love that old school stuff. Absolutely. Like stuff that could actually start a big fucking fight or a riot <laughs> or something. I love it. You know what I mean? When people tell me things like, you know, when people talk about, oh, terrible JBL was in Germany, he was goose stepping and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I fucking love that stuff, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what a fucking heel should be doing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I was really pleased to see uh, to see him. And Jarrett, I mean, what a guy Jarrett is, man. Jarrett has just never been out of the conversation, has he? Aye. I, I can't mm. believe you missed that interview that we did with him that time because you would have loved it. Oh, I would have. I would have loved it. Uh, he's never been out of the conversation, that guy. He's always been up there. He is... A total hustler, man. A total hustler, hard worker. Uh, and, you know, I, let, let's hope he keeps keeps doing stuff. I know he's, like, in the office now in WWE, but I want to, he's just so great on screen. Yeah, so. yeah maybe. Uh, and what I think we'll, next week when Gradle gets back, because he well, obviously was messaging us, we asked him how Shug's house party went on at the weekend, and he seemed absolutely buzzing about it. So He was I buzzing guess. about it. He was, he was saying everybody was very emotional about it. He said the atmosphere was great. He was very happy. So um, and that's good to hear because I know it's, you know, I know it's a... a it's a difficult, you know, it was something he deliberated a lot about about when to come back and start wrestling and, you know, how he, you know, he was unsure about how he feels about how to do it. And, you know, I think he had a lot of kind of doubts and stuff. So it's good to hear that he was he was loving it so much. We'll get the full story from that scab next week. Yes. So, uh, right, let's see what the punters are saying. Uh, McSauce, get in touch. He says, Clash at the Castle being my first will be my first proper wrestling show at ten since my first one back at the Blair Gowrie Town Hall when he was five weeks late. Granddad. Shame I get dragged him greeting 30 minutes in because I thought the boy dressed as a Grim Reaper was going to slash my head off his scythe. <laughs> See, there you go. That's what wrestling's all about. You should be fear. You should be scared of the heels. Uh, what what was your first wrestling show? My first wrestling show... My first wrestling show will have been WWF. My first wrestling show will have been WWF, definitely. Uh, it was that one where I got the Legion of Doom band down. What, what year was that? You know, I really struggle. I, I must have been like 12 or 13 or something at the time. I wonder if it's the same show that I was my first wrestling show. What was the main event? Was it... Was it Undertaker and Sid, maybe? Or? Mate, that's a, that was my first wrestling show. Was it? Was it? That, that was my... Um, on the card, you had... Um, uh, you had... Who else was on the card? Uh, Coco Beware was on the card. British Bulldog was on the... Undertaker was uh, obviously there. Um, who else was on the card? But it was... I think it was 1992 or, or something around that, around that era. Yeah, so 15, I would have been like 14, 15. Um, aye, that sounds about right. I'm just trying to work. Virgil was doing a solo. 
Virgin was um, doing a solo match. And Did you say Virgin there? Virgil, Virgil, the Virgin. Virgin. We were the Virgins, mate. I'm, I'm looking. I'm just trying to find it because it's. No, that's not. I'm just looking through the European rampage. I'm on cage side just now. I'm just trying. Anyway, speaking of Virgil, by the way, Mm. Pamela's a horror pointed out this wee tweet for Virgil. He says, uh, "So it's a photo of Virgil with Ric Flair, and he says, Virgil, this is Virgil, the goat, greatest of all time, the man, the most iconic talent in the industry." giving cron- concrete advice to Ric Flair before his final match. As his teacher, coach, mentor, it was an honour training him before the <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Virgil's brilliant chat. He's good chat, old Virgil, man. Oh, I'm going to have to find this. Um, continue, I'm going to find this event because it's doing my head in now who's on that card. To- Toby Michaels, who you remember on the show, great voice. He's been back in touch after playing Belladrum. He says, not only did Mr. Boom come to see my set today at Belladrum, he also met a wrestling daft fan who recognised me for doing a run-in. So, there you go. That's why you want to do the run-ins, get in touch and do the run-ins, because then you can be recognised by wrestling daft fans and maybe you will meet Mr. Boom. Uh, <laughs> and there's a photo of Mr. Boom here and he looks really fucking old, man. It makes me feel old. Axabomber man says, hilariously, Grado dropped a wrestling daft classic in during his match when he shouted, I've hurted my chest. Welcome <laughs> back. Did he do that during the, during the match? I believe he did. I believe he shouted it. I've hurted my chest during the match. Oh, that would have popped the wrestling daft fans. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, Jimmy in Germany says, Joe Hendry is back to his best. If a pointing is to this entrance against Scotty Too Hotty at North Wrestling. Have you got a clip there, John? I do. I love the effort Joe Henry puts into these entrances. Amazing. Got to wait for the chorus, so it's very good. People's elbow. No, it's beautiful, beautiful. I think uh, you feel sorry for Joe though, because obviously it's a brilliant gimmick. But the problem with the gimmick is, once you get to a certain point, PRS and licensing rules kick in. So that's why you, you know, if someone like if he went to like WWE or even when he was in Ring of Honor, he couldn't do that kind of stuff. But even when he was in TNA, he couldn't do that kind of Listen, stuff. If I'm in WWE, right? If I'm in WWE. And, and I bring in Big Joe, right? All, all that I'm doing is he has his own entrance that he uses on the Raws and Smackdowns and all that kind of stuff, right? And then when he, plays, demon, the, yeah, and then yeah. when he plays the big shows, when he has the big matches at the big pay-per-views or something, whether you have to, like, get somebody in to write original songs with him, right? Or just pay just pay a bit of money. Just license a fucking track. Just do that now. But interesting to see, actually, if WWE start to do that kind of stuff because I think that was maybe, like... Maybe some old school part. If you used to date back in the day, they would license a song here and there. Come on. Listen, Joe's so creative that, uh, you know, you, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, but Mick Motherwell says, you know how Right to Censor used to have righttocensor.com on their packages? Check it out now. Type it in as you speak, Rob, and see what pops up. Righttocensor.com. Right 
Oh my god! <laughs> it's the AEW website. That's mental, is it? How mad is that? Oh, that's I love that. I love that. That's weird, isn't it? I can't that's believe good. that. I can't believe AEW fucking went. Do you know what? We're buying that URL. It's just yeah, you know, it's falling out. Uh, WWE says we're buying that URL. That's a, that's a that is smart. Try it yourself, everybody. It works. Jen says, recently went on holiday to Turkey, had a look around the shops, and between the max selection of teas and less than delightful looking Turkish delights, saw this. Certainly no Kyle Customs level product. No even sure who it is. Certainly no worth the 60 euros they were asking for it. What is it? Have you seen- it's a wrestler eight-inch posable action figure. We had WWE logo doing the bottom left, but you need to fucking see this thing, by the way. What does it say? Marvel's Falcon? Is that his name? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking at a box behind it there. 60? This is fucking mental looking, this thing. Who would you say that looks like, John? I think, I don't know. It looks a bit like Scott Hall a wee bit. Check out the video version on Patreon to see this, by the way. Ah, you need to, and you need to see this. It's absolutely mental looking. It's horrific. Also, uh, Jen, I think Jen wants to put her grade will get put over on last week's What's on TV magazine. Picks attached. There he is. There he is. Let's see what he was saying. Who makes you laugh most on set? All right, all right. So who's this that's getting asked these questions? I, I think it looks like it's maybe... I don't know who's been asked, because Jen's from Canada, so she's probably don't even know who it was. But let's just say it's Elaine C. Smith. I don't think it will be. No, I, I don't think like, it is. It's very difficult. I think it's probably Johnny Watson. So, hold on. When I was younger and lived in London, I became Alex is co star. It's Alex Norton. It's Alex Norton. That's ah, who it is. Alex Norton. Right. Okay. Okay. It's Alex Norton. So, Alex Norton says it can be very difficult working with Grado, eh, who plays Alan because he's so funny. It's hard not to laugh when you look at that face. I also love performing scenes where the characters sing. I remember that so well when I was a kid in Glasgow and people came around for a wee party. And then there's a picture of Grado down the bottom and it says, Funny man. <laughs> That's the caption. Funny, funny man. man. Yeah, funny man. He is a funny man. McSauce. That's oh, sorry, sorry, we've done this. We've done this one. Sorry. He is a funny man. And if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at Wrestling Daft at gmail.com. I have found the card from that first. It was in the SECC. Seventeenth yep. of April, nineteen ninety-two, singles match, and I knew this was it. Tatanka, Tatanka defeats Kato. I remember right, Tatanka. Yep. Virgil defeats the Warlord. Yep, yep. Rick Martel, I completely forgot. Oh, a model, yep, yep. The model mm-hmm. defeats the Texas Tornado. Excuse um, me. Big Boss Man defeats the Berserker. The British Bulldog, and this this was the match that I was too pumped about. Defeats the Repo Man. Oh, ah, Repo Man, yep, yep. Was there. Um, and then the Bushwhackers uh, fought off Irvin R. Scheister and the Brooklyn Baller. What a match that must have been. Wow. The Bushwhackers versus the IRS and the Brooklyn Brawler. And I think I think Sid was carrying the belt at this point. I'm pretty sure he had the, the belt at this point. It was ended in a double count-out between Sid Justice and The Undertaker. Wow. There you go. That's a decent card, isn't it, really, when you think about it? It's good to have seen all the guys. Texas Tornado, isn't it? 
That's the only Good time I ever saw The Undertaker. So yeah, if you uh, listen, if you message in this week, I'd love to hear about your first wrestling show and who was on the card. That'd be great to hear from you on that. Every week, as we bury and put our stuff in the world of wrestling, it's, it's, we we enjoy hearing for you. Uh, let's, this week, let's separate Ric Flair's last match for lifting the ring with a tractor. Who would have thought that it would have such an impact on us just driving a tractor down and lifting that ring up? Anyway, uh, is there anything you want to particularly put over, John? Or, um, I've already spoken, haven't we, really, a wee bit about who do I want to put over primarily for SummerSlam, though? I am going to primarily put over... Oh, I'm going to put over, I'm going to put over. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For, um, uh, Corbin. Just for, for the reasons I said, just because, you know, you know, he's, he just, he's always in there looking out for the other guy. I kind of feel like, you know what I mean? I like that. What about you? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put over um, Logan Paul. I just think that is stuff he's been doing for a guy who's not trained in wrestling is absolutely incredible. And he's obvious, he's a bit of a cockwomble, but um, he's still, you've got to admire what he does in the ring. And I'm going to have to bury part of that Ric Flair match when um, Andrade had to put the knuckle dusters on to Ric because he couldn't do it himself. I was just like, oh, God bless. What a soul. <laughs> God. Uh, well, the punters at Louise wants to put her every single person working at ICW and Wrestling Experience Scotland for the hard work they've all put in for Shug's house party last weekend. It's great to have Grado home. Kev wants to put her Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, followed by the returns of Bailey and her pals. And he wants to put over Logan Paul and Pat McAfee. They were both brilliant. Dave wants to put her Becky Lynch for doing the majority of her match for a separated shoulder. She's tough. And wants to bury... Mysterios versus Judgment Day. Why were there legal tags and a legal man in a no DQ match? That match kind of fell out of my head a wee bit, I need to be honest. I thought Edge's, this is me talking now, I thought Edge's uh, running and stuff. I don't really get, I don't really get what's going on there, do you? No, it's it, like, it was, I don't know, did, there was all sorts of rumours that he wasn't happy with the creative direction of it and rather than split up the whole thing, because it'd only been together like a few weeks, they, they made obviously They just pulled them out. They just pulled him out of it. Uh, so God knows where it's going to go. I had had this like, brilliant vision of a, this almost like new brood kind of thing with him in the gangrel role, but that's obviously not happening now when he's kind of come back. It is almost like he's come back as gangrel, though. It really, what, what's, what they, you know, it's that thing about why did they never play just direct football? Because see, if they just had a went, if they'd just called it the new brood, people would, you know what I mean, for example? <laughs> I, 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 would I, I like that. Yeah. It's just called the new brood. And they could have still had, you know, it still could have been the same kind of vibe. It still could have had the goblet of blood and all that. And then you could look forward to Gangrel turning up and all that. You know what I mean? Aye. You should Aye. just have fun with it. Hopefully they try and have a wee bit more fun. Uh, aye, so Andy wants to put on Logan Paul. The guy looks better than a lot of the WWE roster who are actually wrestlers. Obviously the Miz should get praise as well for allowing him to look that good. 
Lewis wants to put with Logan Paul, proper getting it and an overall great cunt. I don't know if I would agree with that. I, I, I mean, I think he's an overall total cunt, maybe a bit. And Lewis wants to bury that he just thought something different would happen in the main event and SummerSlam fell off after the first couple of matches. I don't really agree there. Percy Sledgehammer wants to bury Ric Flair, literally. The guy's a zombie. He says, <laughs> a zombie who's obsessed with bleeding. When I heard they were doing a roast of Ric Flair, I thought he'd finally popped his clogs and they were cremating the old creep and put our Roman's mic catch at SummerSlam. We need to talk about that mic catch, by the way. Did you catch that, John? <laughs> I was phenomenal. And he's wee wink after it. <laughs> he caught it and he just winked it. You know what I mean? And you know he fucking popped Brock there with that, right? Sean wants to put it on SummerSlam, but mostly Lesnar versus Reigns. For an overdone match, they genuinely pulled it out of the bag and it was great fun to watch. I haven't watched these guys forever. I really could. And uh, Sean wants to bury it live versus Rousey. It was shite. Right. Let's talk about that match, John. Mm. Live and Rousey. What was the problem there, do you think? Just is it a chemistry issue? Is that, the problem I mean... is you you can't see if you're going to see if you're going to build a character like Liv the way they've built a character like Liv, which is they haven't built her as somebody who is so tough and so talented that it was almost inevitable that when the opportunity came along she would win the belt. They've they've built her as a plucky underdog who got lucky and won the belt, right? Yeah, you, you can't then book that character with that story in a match with somebody you're calling the fucking baddest woman on the planet, because what you're all you're having to do there is just paper all the cracks of that situation. Because everybody knows really what that match should have been should have been just Rousey demolishing Liv. That's what it would have had to have been. You know what I mean? It would have had, and because it because it kind of couldn't be that, it just felt. Like they were really struggling to tell the story, really. And I know a lot of Liv fans won't be happy with me saying this, but the two of them shouldn't be in the same ring. I don't think. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, and, and that's nothing against that's nothing against Liv. What I mean there is, as the characters that they've built for them, they shouldn't be in the same ring. Yeah, I mean, the finish was obviously, you know, protected them both, I guess, and kept the belt on. On live, but I, I don't like finishes like that. I just, it just, no. it, and like you say, they, you know, you should have moved on from it. They're obviously turning Ronda heel, which is probably a more natural position anyway. Because um, all, all the fucking shit she's talked about WWE in the past. Yeah. So it's probably a more natural position. So that's good. That's good. And hopefully she's just going to basically destroy everyone. Because, I mean, Ronda, you know, is still an attraction, isn't she? Oh, 100% an attraction, and, you know, I, I really enjoy watching her. I really enjoy watching her. This is the thing as well. It's like, this is the thing about wrestling, right? See if, see if you're somebody who can legitimately batter people. It, it, it always works. I'm always happy to watch you in a ring. The thing with Rousey is, you you can put her in any kind of combination of matches, and, and she can, you know, maybe she can underperform one night, you know, trying to wrestle that WWE style or whatever, but still, for me, she works because you know in your heart of hearts she can fucking batter all these people in like two seconds. She can snap them off, you know what I mean? And so I just kind of feel like she needs to have the right opponents. She needs to be in there with the right opponents. You you put her in where we are Bailey and it and it'll work weirdly because Bailey is has been built as quite a dominant uh wrestler and, and a crafty 
wrestler, a sneaky wrestler, and you know what I mean. And so that would work. You kind of think, oh, you know, this is somebody that could outwit on somebody who who can hang tough. Liv hasn't been built like that at all. Liv has been built as a wee bit a wee bit fragile. You know what I mean. And I just think if they're going to want to do something way they too, they're going to have to do a bit of work toughening Liv up and making Liv seem like the kind of person who can, you know, who can dominate properly, which I think I think can be done. Uh, Calza wants to bury Frank the Clown. Fraser wants to put her champa for refusing to leave the area when thrown out by the ref. Why should the heel leave if I'm not being physically made to? Good point. There's something that's annoyed me in the past. No real buries for Fraser, just a minor whinge. If the tag match with Mysterious versus Judgment Day is no DQ, why not just make it a tornado tag match? This is inconsistencies that are annoying. Right, here comes Jimbo, right? Jimbo's coming in with a big paragraph here. Early put over this week. No seen anything this weekend until just now. Had to watch Rick's last match. No even started yet. And Double J's entrance is one of the best things I've seen in ages. For a guy in his mid-50s, he looks like a 30-year-old. Class act. What a guy. Get back to you when I've watched SummerSlam and marry this cracking peep. Pay-per-view that I'm five minutes into, but spend 20 minutes writing this message. The whole thing is mint. The old-school graphics. Going to go back and watch Octopussy coming out with his mask on and Jake it because he's gone over. 34, like my last six-year-old. That's maybe my buddy. I understand he's annoyed, but telling Tony Khan your position in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 is a bit stupid. As if Tony Khan doesn't know you were placed. Come on, he's a billionaire, Mark. Wind your incredibly chode-esque neck in. <laughs> Fair play to you, Jimbo. Good one. Then he returns back after he's watched it. <laughs> Here's Jimbo back again. Flair's last match was calmly as fuck, and I fucking loved it. I actually thought for a split second when he was pretending to have a heart attack, fuck me, this is it. Even though I knew the result and that Ric Flair was alive, barely. Fucking magic, man. Some heat for the Jarrett's, man. Out of this world performance. Locked the crowd into a frenzy. So there you go. I think I'm on the same page as Jimbo. That's what wrestling's all about. Hey Wrestling Dabs listeners, this week we are brought to you by Harry's. Now you may think you know who Harry's are, but they are way more than a super sharp razor company, let me tell you. They're here to revamp your whole routine from coarse shaves and flake-free hair all the way to clear, healthy skin. Harry's help guys feel good. Now why use a face wash before you shave? Well here's what Harry's believe that a good pre-shave routine can make all the difference between nasty irritation and coarse, comfortable results. So here's the question. Do you use a face wash before you shave? The answer is no. Here's why you should. Because excess oil and dead skin build up eh, over time, exfoliating all of this away from your face before you shave means you're less likely to suffer from ingrowns and breakouts. So. By using a gentle cleanser, it leaves the skin feeling refreshed and the hair soft and makes your shave feel a lot smoother and that's where Harry's are going to help you out. They're going to give you the chance to up your pre-shave game with a trial set and a face wash offer. Now in the trial set, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get the expertly engineered weighted handle and on that you're going to put your one five blade cartridge which is crafted by artisans in their German factory and that is going to give you precision trim right round your face. You can get that handy foam and shaving gel in there as well. You get a travel blade cover and you'll get to wash your face before you shave with a free travel size face wash. So why not get involved now? 
So if you want to try Harry's out, this is what you need to do to get your free Harry's trial set. All you need to do is hit up harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. You've just got to cover $3.95 for delivery and in the free trial set, like I say, you are going to get the expertly engineered weighted handle with the five blade cartridge, the handy foam and shave gel, the travel blade cover and a free travel size face wash, right? And it's a brilliant shave. You won't look back once you've tried Harry's. That foam and face wash smells beautiful as well. Grado keeps going on about the smell, but it is great. So get it all over your face, get yourself a good shave, and you can do that by hitting up harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. You just made the list! Right, now we like to do a list of wrestling daft every episode. This week, inspired by events, it was the best Ric Flair moments versus underrated wrestlers. And surprisingly, with 75%, it was underrated wrestlers at one. Why are we not celebrating Ric Flair? I don't know. I don't know. Everyone has said they want to talk about underrated wrestlers. I thought Ric Flair would win by a landslide. Do you know what? I might hold up my hand. I don't think Ric Flair is as good as everybody says he is. I think his heel work's extraordinary, but I think in ring... I, everyone raves about him. I don't think he's that great. And I, that that's, you know, I would say he's, if we were going to talk about underrated wrestlers, but for me, Ric Flair, it's completely overrated. Are you serious about that? I am being deadly, deadly serious. Deadly serious. I've always thought that since I was a wee guy. I think because I didn't really watch WCW, right? And he came into the WWE and he did that whole fucking thing. He popped the boys in the back where he did that walking, you know, walked and then fell. I was like, what? This is for it kind of fucking broke kayfabe for me. You know what I mean? I was like, what is this guy fucking doing? What is this guy doing? When I was a wee guy, like, I'm just going, what the fuck is what? He's walking and then he's just falling. And it just for me was stupid. And obviously it was a thing to pop the boys in the back when you learn. But I, I thought that's just ridiculous. And that's me as fucking 10 year old or whatever. Um, but now, like, ah, I, I, I go back and watch his match. And I guess you've got, see, I've not seen a lot of his NWA stuff, right? Hold up my hands. I've not seen a lot right, of his right. NWA stuff, right? But when he was, the first experience I had of Flair was in the WWE and he was shit. That's what I thought. So I think he's overrated. But I'll, I'll, I'll stand up and get fired down for that. But I mean, this guy is. <sighs> I mean, it's difficult. It's like, I see a lot of people these days saying, oh, I don't think Ric Flair's all right, actually, and all right, as if as if they were watching him in his prime when he was going around all the fucking territories and wrestling every night with that big belt and selling out arenas everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you don't. we don't fucking know. His, his stuff isn't as visible as a lot of people's stuff. Like, the actual work that he did, the proper... Uh, Boots on the ground stuff that he did, we, we we didn't see it. You know what I mean? We didn't see a lot of it. I just remember, you know, when Ric Flair came into WWF back in the day with the big belt, the real world's champion, all that kind of stuff. It was the most exciting thing I'd I'd ever seen in the WWF. I was a big WWF fan at the time and all that, and and I remember when he came in, just the way he can talk and the way he sells his character and his performance in that Royal Rumble is astonishing. He's perf- that's the, that you know the, his performance in that Royal Rumble that he won uh, to win the WWF title. I think is just an, is just an incredible performance, an incredible storytelling performance. I think he was a guy you totally believed 
you know, and just and and I think Ric Flair was a guy that sold the dream of what wrestling is all about. You know what I mean? And you know, people can say, you know, his matches weren't that great. His matches are a very specific type of old school territory wrestling designed to allow you to work night after night after night after night. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and I think. I don't know. I just don't go for it, man. I just kind of go for this stuff. I don't think he's as good as there's a reason why all these wrestlers out there all fucking bout him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just anyway, that's just that's just what I think. Uh, right, okay, so here's my list of underrated wrestlers. I think I'm I think I'm going to oh fuck man, there's a giant spider down there, by the way. I think I'm <laughs> going to don't I just noticed a giant spider on the flare down here as I'm writing. So if I scream and run away while I'm saying this. Are you scared uh, of spiders? Uh, no, no. I'm no scared of spiders actually. I'm actually quite good with spiders, but I have a weird thing with spiders, right? Which is I'm no scared of them. I've got wee wains, right? Wee lassies who are like, oh daddy, there's a big spider, not you get ready. I'll get ready, you know, and pick it up and all that. Sometimes pick it up my horns even and take it away. But sometimes, John, sometimes a spider can move a certain way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Whoa! You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just, mm. I think it must be just sometimes your instincts. Right, take right. Tour, uh, and then, you, and then you, you, really, you really freak out. Okay, so my number three is uh, Gigi Dolan, Priscilla Lee Kelly. No. I know she's in NXT just now. Uh, I know she's doing her thing there. Hopefully it won't be too long before she moves up into the big shows. Uh, I, think, I think this woman's fucking brilliant, by the way. I think she's, what do you think of yourself? I've not seen enough of her work to, to rate her. I think she's brilliant. I think she's got a great look. Um, I think she's uh, I think she's cracking in the ring. I, I watched when she was in NWA. She had some great matches in NWA. She has great matches on the Indies. She's just she's not been allowed to completely um, let loose. I don't think yet in WWE, but I think she is going to be she's going to be something. I think at the minute she's underrated. I think she's still super young though as well. She you know I don't know what age she is, but I think she's early twenties, maybe mid twenties mm. worst. Have a look. So she's twenty five. Um, anyway, I just think. I just think she's great. Number two, for me, the new, it's still going to be uh, Ricky Starks at the minute because I think people are now starting to wake up to him. But I've been saying for a couple of years now, this guy is going to be a big, big, big star. I've seen a couple of people say recently, he's a wee bit, he reminds you of the rock a wee bit. Aye, some I've of seen the pro- people starting to say that stuff now. Promos he's been cutting recently have been brilliant on the money. He's he's a he's a massively underrated. There's a lot there's a lot of underrated wrestlers out there. I think this list could be a million long. My number one is Corbin at the minute. My number one is Corbin at the minute. My number one would have been Corbin last year. My number one would have been Corbin the year before. Uh, he's a guy who, like I said, I watched him in that SummerSlam match. I think a lot of people out there have kind of. I think there might be a lot of people out there who. Maybe go for a bit of a piss break when Corbin's matches come on. I think it's a mistake because a guy like that, if I was putting together a wrestling company, I'm no joking here, one of the first names on the team sheet, if I had a, just a blank slate, would be him. would be one of the first names on the team sheet because I feel like you can give that guy anything 
and he'll make it work. He's also a guy who changed my mind. And I remember when he first appeared, I didn't like his look and all that. And I was a wee bit kind of like, oh, I'm not sure about this guy. And he was a wee bit, he wasn't in the best shape and all that. But then it was just, he's just go I think. You know what I mean? I just, I just like guys like that. I just like, so that's my, that's my three anyway. And so I'm talking about underrated at the minute. I don't want to go into the whole underrated or the history of wrestling because, you know, we could talk about that for ever. Let's see what punters are saying. Punters are talking about people for the past. Karate Warrior 2 is throwing in his nomination for Raven and Perry Saturn. Saturn was a beast and had a great look. Did Saturn have a great look, John? He was a bit on the small side, Saturn, wasn't he? He looked like, yeah. Super entertaining anyway, Karate Warrior thinks. Raven was a complete package for the look to the promos and in ring. Should have been WCW main event, no question. I just don't agree with that. No. I don't see. I don't think Raven was ever a main eventer myself. I think Raven was kind of maybe in WCW is maybe in the right spot that he was in. Yeah, uh, mid card. Scott says Brooklyn Brawler or Repo Man. Repo Man. That was just they were just talking about. Uh, we saw them both in the same card. No, that's weird, isn't it? That's weird. Uh, is Brooklyn Brawler underrated? I love the Repo Man gimmick. I have to say, I love the gimmick. Don't yeah, it's a really weird it. gimmick for, for people to love, though, isn't it? It's like a kind of fucking guy that repossesses your motors, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> JK says it's got to be Matt Cardona. The guy's run through the Indies like those assaults and one titles left, right, and center. I get absolute nuclear heat in GCW. I'm not sure he's underrated either. I feel as if he's like, he's getting his props. I kind of feel like he was a guy who. Was even underrated, but now getting his... Well, but even when he was in WWE, I don't think he was underrated. I think he was underappreciated by the company. But I think punters were like, this guy's better than... You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think he was underrated. I think people liked them. When, I, I think when we're talking about underrated, I'm, I'm kind of thinking there are people who punters haven't quite necessarily realised how good they are yet. You know what I mean? Morg says Jerry Lynn and Bobby Roode. Andy says Mustafa Ali, which is a good shout, actually, because Ali's really, really good. Uh, Beppe Signore says Orange Cassidy. The gimmick outshadows his in-ring work, which is absolutely amazing, right up there with the likes of Omega and co. I think that is a really fucking good shout, that, actually. Aye. Because Orange Cassidy... Orange Cassidy has what I think is a hilarious gimmick, like a brilliant character. He's built a brilliant character for his cell there. He's so good at it. He's so good at that thing that you don't notice that he's actually all the stuff everybody else can do, he can do that and all. You know what I mean? Nicky says Dolph Ziggler. What do you think, John? I think I think people rate Ziggler. I wouldn't say he's underrated. You know, he's had held the the big belt and, you know, he's held pretty much every belt in the intercontinental US. I'm disappointed. It looks like they were bringing him back with a face against Theory, and I thought I was looking forward to seeing what him and Theory could do together, but it looks like that's going to be kind of laid by the wayside with what Theory, what's going on with Theory, but I thought I would have liked to have seen a match between those two, because I really rate Theory, and I think he'll he'll go on to be a main eventer in a kind of Randy Orton mode, potentially. Could you, um, could you ever see Corbin with a world title? Yeah. He's there to put guys over, and he does it brilliantly. He's there as a heel. He'll ne- they'll never flip him to. I don't think they'll ever flip Corbin to a face. I think he'll no. he'll, he'll be a lifetime heel, 
And I think that's, you know, you need these guys. You need these guys. Would you, I would like to... I can see it. I, can, see I would love to. I can see it. I mean, it's like, I'm, I don't know how people out there generally feel about the the JBL world title run. I, I, I liked it because... I liked it, I liked it because you, you were desperate for people to take that belt off them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see Corbin get a wee run with that. I think that would be, I think that would be interesting. You've not really had a heel like that with, but I mean, we all know Roman Reigns has like been brilliant over the last couple of years in that kind of heel role. But he's not the traditional heel. He's like a cool heel. Do you know what I mean? You've not got it's not snidey cheating way because Roman Reigns just batters people. You've not had that cheaty fucking. I want to do anything to win. You know, kind of idea like JBL kind of did back in the day. You know, so I'd be interested to see a run with. I could see, I mean, the person I can see taking the belt off of Roman ultimately is Cody now, right? Yeah. I kind of almost feel like that's what I want to see, you know? Yeah. Is Cody taking that. But then I could imagine, I could visualise a world where Corbin does some fucking sneaky shit and gets it off Cody. I kind of feel like, and that that maybe sounds nightmarish to some people out there, what a fucking Cody and Corbin... <laughs> That's what we're going to after Lesnar and Roman Reigns, but I just kind of think, you know, the the big, it's like like you say, John. Sometimes you need that kind of change and story where you have like, you know, you want to chase a heel that's, you know, well we know that the babyface can probably beat this heel. The problem is, he's a fucking cheating, sleek it bastard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is you know, so this is this is what you need a wee bit. I think anyway, just just talking. Derek says Rikishi is underrated, too cool. And the comedy stuff took away for the fact he was class in the ring. He was class. Uh, Dean says, I'll tell you who I thought never get the credit they deserved. Big D'Lo Brown. D'Lo was good, but, you know, it's hard to get, you know, you, you get unlucky. Scott says Lesnar gets thought of as a bit of muscle that's only interested in a payday, but when he's in the mood, he's the best wrestler in the world. I don't think Lesnar's underrated. Nah. Not a chance. Scotty Kirkwood says Brian Pillman gone far too soon. Imagine the stuff he could have done during the peak of the Attitude Era. Another one I don't think is underrated. I think people speak very highly of Pillman. Uh, Collectible R says Matt Cardona has totally reinvented himself on the Indies. And Brian says Grado should have had his WrestleMania moment by now. Grado is underrated. I've said this before. Um, But he's not quite as underrated as Gigi Dolan. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not on my list. So listen, you need to go on the Patreon and uh, support us. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get involved in our Discord. You can chat to us and the rest of the community. Get closer. And I'm telling you, the live shows are coming. I yeah, I've got surprised. time now. I've got time to start arranging them now. So that's all John, good. I wouldn't be surprised if a, a wee live show sneaks in before the end of the year. Definitely. Being honest. So you want to go on the Patreon, get in there, because that's how you'll get access to the first tickets, the VIP meet and greet. Tickets where you'll get to come up, meet us, and then we'll kick you in the balls and you'll start greeting. That's why it's called a meet and greet. <laughs> uh, so sign up now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to chat to us. So, John, it's been nice having a wee fill in episode, a wee catch up with everything. Yes. Um, yeah. while, Grado, while Grado is away earning the big bucks on the BBC network. Um, <laughs> Listen of the week, who, should, who do you want to give it to? I want to give listener of the week to who was the person that said Brooklyn Brawler and Repo Man Scott 
because that was weird. That was almost like he made a psychic link with us, John. Yeah, so Scott, as the listener oh. of the week. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Scott, for for getting in touch. Uh, now I'm I'm trying to get Jester, Jack Jester, on this show for a wee chat. So hopefully he'll be on within the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we can talk about his his return to the hardcore violence of ICW wrestling. Uh, we can talk about the sitcom and all that. Uh, line up some interesting stuff. Get some nice guests on. Get Gredo back sooner. Absolutely, absolutely. But right, watch John. Your back. Watch her back when Gredo comes back. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. Right up the road now, John. Right, it's yourself. It's yourself, John. Up the road. Audio Frontier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.